I am so, so, so excited to be bringing you this podcast episode of the Empowered by Design podcast. I have a very special guest with me today talking about sex. Woo! It's going to be a fun one. I am going to be introducing you to psychologist and sex therapist, Dr. Lindsay Brooks. Stay tuned. Welcome to the podcast, Empowered by Design. I'm your host, Dr. Liz, a licensed psychologist and owner of Visionistas by Design Wellness Boutique in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. This podcast is about the power of connection and a proactive approach to mental health and overall wellness. It's about finding and owning your power right now and using it for good by nurturing the connection of body, mind, heart, soul, and spirit. Empowered by Design podcast delivers psychological concepts and practical strategies with a real life approach. Designed to empower health and wellness, optimal performance, authentic connection with yourself and others, and purposeful, joyful living. Be well. Live Empowered, Dream Design Deliver. Dr. Lindsay Brooks is a sex therapist turned sex educator. She has her PhD in counseling psychology, is a certified sex therapist, and has been providing therapy since 2005. She is thrilled to now be bringing her knowledge beyond the therapy room with Sexual Empowerment School, where she teaches women how to let go of sexual shame, build their pleasure knowledge, and learn sexual communication skills through her online workshops and resources. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so, so much for joining me on the podcast. How are you? I'm so great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to reconnect with you and to talk about stuff I know we're both passionate about. Yes, and I love that you're clapping your hands. I do that all the time. Oh, yeah. I'll be doing that a (laughs) lot. We're so excited. (laughs) We're so excited. Yes, we are. Well, I love that even that you said reconnect because this podcast is all about connection and Mm -hmm. we go way back. So um, I love to just kind of tell the tell the listeners how we have connected and um, reconnected. I love this. So Lindsay and I graduated from the same counseling psychology mm-hmm. graduate program at Lehigh University um, years ago. Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> I don't know if you want to say how long back ago. Back in the day. <laughs> um, and so we are reconnecting. We have been following each other's careers and um, have both really we talked about the um, our, our overlapping passion for empowering people, empowering women to really embrace themselves, embrace their bodies, embrace their love for themselves, and to be able to also share that love in their relationships, romantic and friendships and family relationships. Um, and I have been loving seeing the programs that you're creating. I follow you on Instagram and um, so, so, so excited for this conversation. I cannot wait to see where it goes today. I'm so excited. Um, just so excited to reconnect with you. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I know it's a taboo topic, so it's brave to broach it. So thank you. Yes. We love taboo topics here <laughs> at Visionistas. We love it. Yes. We, um, because why, why do we have to have a taboo topic, right? This is something so important to us, sexual health, um, and learning how to, you know, um, like you said, I love the things that you said in your bio of, um, letting go of sexual shame, building pleasure knowledge, right? So really being able to get in touch with what what feels good and what doesn't feel good. Because if we don't know for ourselves, then we're not able to adequately or clearly communicate that to other people as well that that may yeah. be also um in our in relationship with us and then also the sexual communication skills i love it so we are going to get into all of that don't you worry and don't go anywhere because this is this is going to be a fun episode but i'm just gonna open it up to you lindsay and and just tell us about um tell us about yourself and the work that you do sure yeah well you know We've been on our therapist journeys together. So, you know, yes. the journey we've been on of becoming therapists and going into private practice and serving people in that way. Um, and through that journey, I developed a specialty in sex therapy and have loved that work, especially with women. It's just so, I don't know, I don't know the right word for it for me, but it's just so cool to see a woman go from feeling disconnected from her sexuality to feeling empowered and really understanding mm-hmm that important part of herself. And I just feel so honored when I get to do that work with folks and see that change in them and that they trust me to help them on that journey. Um, So that's become my passion in my therapy work. But over time, I felt like, wow, you know, I keep kind of talking with women about the same topics over and over, and I keep giving them similar education over and over. So I really want to be able to share this beyond just kind of that privacy of the therapy room. And I want this educational information to be more out there and accessible. So, um, you know, that's what inspired me to start sexual empowerment school and to want to share this in, you know, workshops, courses, more of those broader ways where we can reach more folks. I love Um, that. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, most of us didn't get good sex ed growing up, if any (laughs) at all. So (laughs) there's a lot of gaps to fill in no matter absolutely. how old you are, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I love that. And I, and so this is a great conversation for any stage of the game, any age, any developmental stage. And yeah. also, I, I love that you brought that up of the lack of clarity and that even that taboo nature brings the shame. Um, when we mm-hmm. think about schools and the, the politics and what schools, Mm -hmm. some, you know, parents don't want their Mm -hmm. schools to be teaching sex ed. Um, -hmm. But then, you know, we know that it's not also, it's not adequately covered in in many households or families. So um, even if this, this conversation helps you um, yourself, but also helps you talk to your children or, or Mm -hmm. your, if you are a teacher, your students um, about healthy, healthy and positive sexual, um, sexual behaviors and communication. Mm -hmm. Love it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's needed for everyone at every age. You know, I work with people all different ages. Um, and sometimes women will come to me and be like, Oh, I'm in my forties or my fifties. I'm embarrassed. I don't know this about myself, Mm -hmm. but it's never too late. And it's really, 
I would say it's a failure of our, of our systems. And mm-hmm. so not something for you to be ashamed about. So, right. you know, start exploring it now. Yeah. I also love that you, um, talked about your transition it from or transition or adding on right so the the journey from going into private practice so both of us come from a similar background not only in school but in going into private practice and really kind of starting out with that bulk of work in the therapy room so Mm -hmm. loving the the ability and i think of you know just how grateful I am to, like you said, to, to see the, um, the goals that get accomplished and not just like goals sound so uh, rigid, but it's like Mm -hmm. to see people enjoy life and make these connections and make better connections with themselves and others and just feel better. It's Mm -hmm. exhilarating. That was the word that was coming up in my mind. It's energizing, exhilarating. And um, it's it's beautiful to be able to to be invited into someone's life the way that we are with trust and safety mm-hmm. um, to be able to be on the journey in that collaborative way is wonderful mm-hmm. and and then to to be able to see how like you said when you you feel like you're saying and delivering the same kind of tips and information and strategies um, to say, you know, how can I spread this to more people, right? Because yeah. typically that that traditional therapy model is we're sitting one-on-one in a room for an hour-ish mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. one person. Um, and it's like, okay, but how can I reach more people? How can I expand this reach? And so I love that attention to your both of our passions in, mm-hmm. in creating workshops and programs where we can mm-hmm. – kind of go beyond that privacy space, that one-on-one traditional model and give this really important, helpful information to people um, wherever they are in their living room or, you know, Mm -hmm. driving in the car. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like people shouldn't have to like one, just be able to afford therapy or have access to a therapist. I mean, there's so many limitations to finding someone and accessing it. And so there's so much information people need and deserve. So if we can like find more ways to share that with them, that's so important. Yes. Yes. Um, I love it. I love it. So tell us about the, tell us about the school that you created, the sexual empowerment school. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. So sexual empowerment school came out of exactly that idea of like, okay, how, how can I share this information more widely? Um, so my main thing that I offer is a work eight week workshop series, um, that really you go through the workshop and it's, and it all builds on itself to help you, you know, learn about your pleasure anatomy, learn the things you need to know about your body, develop a sex positive mindset and strategies for that and then work on sexual communication skills. Um, So it's very interactive that it gives you lots of information and then gives you lots of practical skills and things you can try in your everyday life. Um, So I've been loving offering that, that it feels like I've been able to pull like those key nuggets that Mm. really I've seen benefit folks in the therapy room and take those and offer them um, in this new way. And one of my favorite things about it is it gives the women a space to connect with each other, right? Mm. So it's not just, okay, me and them alone in a therapy room. There's the community aspect as well. 
Um, and they get so much support from that and feel so seen in a way they never have before that it's like, oh, okay. Other women have gone through this yes. or something similar. It's like so validating to, yes. to be in a group format with people where they can say, oh my God, I'm not alone. This is not just happening to me or this is not just my experience. It's, yes. it's, it's transformative. I love that. I love yeah. that. So I feel like that's really like the, the magic mm-hmm. <laughs> of it. That's something mm-hmm. that, you know, I can bring them together, but it's, the folks create it together in the community. That's, that's something I, I can't just like, um, make happen. I can just provide the space and, and the folks who come together, bring that magic, which is awesome. Yeah. I imagine too, that as people are listening, they're like, it would be so scary to go and talk about sex in a group of other people. How, (laughs) Uh (laughs) what Uh is that like for you? Do you find that to be a barrier? And if so, how do you help people, um, kind of jump over that hurdle? Yeah, I think it's natural. People are a little nervous, of course, at first. Um, but I think getting to know me a little bit helps. So with each person, um, you know, we do a one-on-one call to answer any of their questions about the group. I, I really explain what it is and the ground rules. Um, so I think them having a sense of comfort and safety with me helps. Um, and then they know, okay, they can get all their anxious questions answered <laughs> before the first day. Um, I think that can help people take the leap. Um, and also I, when I go over the ground rules, one of it is, you know, you can share as much or as little as you want. I, I never put anyone on the spot, like, Hey, you know, you got to share what's your reaction to, <laughs> to this. Um, I welcome people to share, um, but it's really their choice. And I have find just people having that freedom, then it allows them to feel safe to share what they want. And, Absolutely. and I have Absolutely. just been shocked that once people get going, I think all of them share a lot more than they have expected. Absolutely. Um, yeah. About it. And cause when you establish those, those boundaries and that safety and the ground rules, mm-hmm. um, there's, you know, you, the privacy aspect is reciprocal in nature, right? If you, you're going to promise to keep things private and not go out and talk about other people's mm-hmm. um, shared experiences or experiences that they share, and you are expecting that same respect in, in return. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems to flow really naturally once I kind of just lay the foundation. Yeah. For, that's wonderful. Everyone. Yeah. And, and I think having, you know, it be a women only space also helps. Mm, it could be a very different dynamic if we had all genders or if we had couples. And, and that's part of why I want to serve you know, only women identifying folks so that, you know, I think, you know, we have our unique um, experiences of shame and things, you know, we're told often not to talk about sex or to suppress our desires. Um, and so to create a space where it's like, okay, women have that safety with each other, um, I think makes a big difference as well. Yeah, absolutely. So w- when you think about the the women that you that you serve that you work with, what are some common um, common things, common issues, common concerns mm-hmm. that you would say people come to you with and mm-hmm. um, want to know more about or want to have some kind of help with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sexual shame is a big one. They may not necessarily call it that coming in the door, but that's what I see is is the pattern often. So shame, fear of sex, you know, being taught so many sex negative messages, even if they 
desire it. There can be a lot of fear based on those messages they've learned. Um, and then um, what they perceive as low desire. And I'm putting that in quotes for people who can't see me. <laughs> a, a lot of women kind of wherever they fall on the desire spectrum, often see themselves as having low desire and not enough desire. Um, and for some reason that, that may be accurate. And some women, it's they're actually in a very typical um, place on that spectrum, but they have judgment of themselves. Um, and so I find often a lot of internalizing shame and therefore discomfort with exploring their sexuality can be what contributes to feeling, oh, I have low desire. I'm not interested in sex. So those things really intersect, I find. Okay. So when you said you see shame, what do, how do people describe it? So if, what are some of the most common symptoms or common concerns when someone calls or or reaches Mm. out to you and says, Mm. I think I need help because of this. So you're saying, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so like low, might... low desire is one of yeah. them. Yeah. Like I'm not as interested in sex as I think I should be. Or, or more often it's my partner's complaining. Okay. <laughs> I am not okay. interested enough. In I know. I was going to say, if they're not <laughs> interested, I'm wondering why they would even think they should come, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> right. It's often causing tension in their relationship. Okay. So relationship uh, tension. Yeah. Or, or they're, maybe they're not in a relationship and they're wanting to date and find a partner, but they feel like, but I'm not that interested in sex. And will that be get my way of finding a partner and finding connection? Um, so relationship is often a piece of it. The other common thing a lot of women come in saying is, I just don't know what I like. I feel disconnected from myself sexually. Like I, I want to experience more pleasure or I, I want to feel more empowered, but like, I just feel cut off from that part of myself and I don't know how to access it. So that's the other thing with relationships, I would say is probably the most common one. There's some tension or discomfort, um, in the relationship, or then there's this disconnect with myself. So those those are more the words I hear from the folks I speak to. Um, and then as I dig deeper, I'm like, okay, shame is often what's underneath a lot of that. And how did you get into this? How did this develop, um, this specialty of yours develop? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, I've just found, I really love working with women around these topics that, you know, of course I love working with people of all genders and think everyone should have sexual empowerment, but I just found that spark and that joy for me, particularly in that work. Um, because I find so many women, I mean, they didn't even learn about their bodies they were often told their bodies are like wrong or ugly or you know it's it's wrong to even explore or touch yourself like I feel like there's just so many more layers for women of negativity that unfortunately they have had piled onto them mm-hmm. and so helping them unpack all of that um is just so rewarding and so yeah I just have really seen the benefits of that work and, and selfishly, I have gotten a lot of joy from it myself. Okay. Um, so here at Visionistas, one of the things, one of our foundations, actually, yeah, one of our main foundations for the work that we do is helping people connect with themselves in all aspects of, mm-hmm. of health and how we, how we describe that and identify those different aspects is body, mind, heart, soul, and spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So tell tell me a little bit about if you personally, so we'll we'll, we'll go to the work in a bit, but if mm-hmm. you would tell us personally which one of those really is the most resonating with you. If you would say what what leads me or what am I led by? Tell us about that. Body, mind, soul, and spirit. Ooh, it's hard to pick. And heart. Body, mind, heart, soul, and spirit. Oh, yeah, boy. it is hard okay. to pick because they're, they're, they're great. Yeah. <laughs> they're all important. Yeah, well, uh, I'm going to cheat my answer and say I, I can't pick one because I think my passion is the intersection. Mm. Um, that I often say, like, when I think about sex, it's like the ultimate kind of mind-body connection. Like, it involves your body, obviously, right? But like your mind and the emotions, the beliefs you have about sex, your comfort level, all of that comes together for a positive sexual experience. And so you can't just like leave one or the other out. Um, And so often all those other layers, like you're saying, the heart, the spirit, all those things influence how we feel in our mind. So I'm always saying like, you can't, you can't just pull one piece out. They all intersect. And so addressing all of them yeah. <laughs> I think is my passion it's hard to pick <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and but what what am I personally led by if I was if I was forced to choose I would say heart I think this yeah. is heart, heart work for me yeah have you been dreaming of a makeover maybe a few highlights a new outfit brightening up your skin for this brand new season Me too. I have the thing for you. But we are going a little bit deeper than a new pair of shoes. You will be amazed at how wonderful you can feel with a little TLC for your soul. You've heard this before. Beauty is not skin deep. Do you believe that? I do. So come a little deeper with me. Show yourself some love, some TLC, and magnify that inner beauty that's just waiting to be nurtured, rediscovered, and unleashed to brighten up this world. You know it's in there. I know it's in there. So head over to my website, drliz.com slash makeover for your free, free self love makeover. That's drlyz.com slash makeover. I can't wait to see you there. Let's talk about communication. What are some tips that you have that you can share with us and the listeners today of um, if communication is really a concern or a problem or scary for you, mm-hmm. how do you, how, how can you help us with that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, one of the practices I really help women with is figuring out first what you want. So then you can go into the communication more clearly. Um, so one of the exercises I really love is identifying what you want to do sexually what you will do. So what, like, maybe it's not at the top of my list, but if it's something my partner's really into, like, okay, I would like lovingly and happily do it, but it's not, you know, my number one, it's not my, I really want list. And then the third piece is the won't. So the things that I, I won't do, these are my clear boundaries, limits, 
hard things I wouldn't be open to. So it's like, you kind of got to do some of that personal work on your own first before you can even communicate um, so that you are, you are like ready to go into that conversation. So helping them have clarity on those things. And then I think it's a little less scary to go into a conversation um, because then you can broach it with, Hey, I'd like to talk about some things I'm into and would like to explore. And I'd love to hear what you're into and you would like to explore. Um, can we have a conversation about that? And then that opens the door to look for, Oh, is there overlap between you know our various lists, the things we both want or will do. And can we look for those areas of overlap and then explore how can we get ready to talk about those things? Okay. Um, so that's a good way, I think, just to uh, a framework to have an entry for talking about the sexual topics. And then for the actual just fear of like broaching it, right? The fear of even saying what I just said of like, hey, can we talk about our sex life? Um, it can be really useful to say out loud before saying, before getting to the actual sex conversation is to say, I'm feeling really nervous. Oh yeah. About this. <laughs> I, there's something really important I want to talk to you about. I, I think it would be like great for both of us to talk about it, but oh my God, I'm so nervous, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like finding your own, those are my, like, that's my nerdy way that I would say it. Yeah. Um, find your own language to acknowledge, like, this is hard to talk about and give your partner the opportunity to try to like lean in and like perk up and say like, oh, okay. <laughs> They're really trying to share something important. Like, let me pay close attention. Yeah. Yeah. I love that point because, and I would say right now, even inviting people who are listening to check in with yourself, if you're still here, right? Because mm -hmm. sometimes sex can be such a scary topic that it, it we avoid it, right? Like we avoid it in our minds. We avoid ex exploring. We avoid talking about it. Mm -hmm. These are all the things that we're saying. So that energy of like, oh, how do we do this is out there mm -hmm. um, and we can feel it and it can be really, really heavy and it can get in the way of things that can be really beautiful and, and wonderful for connecting mm -hmm. our, ourselves with ourselves and ourselves with our partners. So mm -hmm. I love that, that very basic tip of being able to acknowledge like sit with yourself yeah. and just kind of i love i i close my eyes a lot to really just tune into my own experience and my body and mm -hmm. and what's going on for me and where i'm if i'm feeling a little bit tense or nervous um usually it's my body that tells me first if my mind is like what's what's going on here um I'll tune in and, and then I can be like, okay, maybe I'm nervous. Maybe I'm excited, but I, I have to really tune in to, yeah. to myself in that way. And that is one of the things that, that I love helping other people do is to mm -hmm. tune in and going back to that whole body, mind, heart, soul, spirit, because mm -hmm. we have so much information that comes at us from all different angles. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. Um, yeah. So really just pausing and kind of tuning in with yourself. So even right now, as you're listening to us, um, mm -hmm. noticing what comes up for you, what what's uncomfortable, what's exciting, what's scary, um, and and helping yourself use that information, even just listening to a conversation, mm -hmm. let alone having your having a conversation about sex, it can be really helpful to learn about, like you're saying, learn about yourself first so that then you can go have a, a, a really secure jumping off point to talk about it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's a great point. That's kind of like uh, before even step one is the checking in with yes. yourself, tuning yes. into yourself mm-hmm. and getting clear on what, what are you feeling going mm-hmm. into this conversation? Yeah. What do you need to take care of yourself? Yeah, but I love that. That's a great point you brought up of like even people listening right now, maybe feeling nervous of like, oh, <laughs> listening to something about sex. Am I allowed to do that? Is that <laughs> is that bad? Oh, what if someone sees I'm listening to this topic? you know even just listening to something like this could be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and so if you're feeling that right now as you're listening I I would encourage you like you said to check in with that feeling and maybe ask yourself where some of those messages may have come from Um, because a lot of times we're feeling some discomfort around sex I find it's oh it's I've internalized something from my family from my culture from religion from an ex-partner like from somewhere where I heard something negative and now I've, I'm kind of carrying that into how I feel about myself and my own sexuality. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you brought up those different points um, and, and, and encouraging people to, to use that to explore um, when we think about the, the messages that we've received from early, early on in life, where they come from, right? Because we all have our own unique experiences based on family, family of origin, our peers, our peer relationships when we were younger in school or even school education um, and society, right? That kind of underlying messages that you referred to earlier for, to, you know, the sexualized nature of whether it's, um, you know, it's actually an extreme. I wish I could remember mm-hmm. the video a couple years ago. It was definitely before pandemic. There was this amazing video that kind of showed and highlighted. I think it was on YouTube or one of the plat one of the mm-hmm. platforms sure. of like the the mixture of messages: be sexy, don't be sexy; be strong, don't be strong; be right. like to women, right? Mm-hmm. Women and girls: be beautiful, totally. don't be beautiful; don't be too beautiful; be thin, don't, you know be curvy, right? like right. all of these messages. And it's like, ah, what do I, <laughs> what do, I do? What should exactly. I do? And yes. yeah. pulled in so many directions. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to make sense of all those messages? Right, right. And really it comes back to doing this soul searching kind of work mm-hmm. a bit of, of really being able to tune in with yourself. Who, who am I? Who am I? Where do I come from? Um, what do I, what, what do I value? personally um what do i want for myself right now what do i want for myself in the future and how do i kind of pull those things apart right like you Mm -hmm. i love when you said the intersection when we were talking about those aspects of health of body and mind and heart and soul and spirit the intersection is so important and beautiful and there and there's such a reciprocity and connection between all of those things. Similarly with what's going on for us right now, where did that come from? Where are we going? We It's helpful to pull those things apart, but then to put them back together and really be able to explore ourselves in that kind of entity realm. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. To examine like, okay, what from, you know, my family, how I grew up, cultural things like what of that do I want to hold on to that I value and is still really important to me 
And what have, maybe I feel like I'm ready to question or I'm ready to move to a new way of looking at things and exploring like, okay, those two sides of it. And so then therefore, what, what is the intersection now that feels mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. to you? Um, and for a lot of women, I find that there was some mix of like a sex negative or sex shaming message they probably got along the way. And now they're beginning to question like, wait a minute, it, could I just see sex as a normal part of my life, a normal part of the way I connect with a partner or that I show love or that I experience pleasure. And so figuring out how, how do all those pieces now fit together for them, I think is a really valuable process. Yeah. I, 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 can you say those again? <laughs> That's really, I really love that. And I'm like trying to to remember them as you were saying them. How can, how can we help people recognize that sex can be about connecting Mm -hmm. with ourselves, with our partner, showing love Mm -hmm. and a way to experience pleasure? Right. Did I miss anything? I think you got it all. (laughs) That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that is natural and normal. Yes. Right? And nothing yes, we yes. need to be ashamed of or mm-hmm. push away. It's a part of the human experience. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about those oppressive factors in society that that we that you see in your work, that we both see in our work, that that we can yeah. help people understand better. Yeah, definitely. Um, oftentimes it starts with family. And like the specific messages you got from your family, of course, are going to vary a ton based on your family's cultural background, region, all of those different things. So there'll be so many different examples. Um, But a a lot of them I hear are themes around like, oh, girls shouldn't, you know, shouldn't have sex, shouldn't masturbate, shouldn't explore pleasure. Some idea of you need to remain pure and protect that part of yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can often be those early messages from family. Um, And those often can be tied to religious or cultural beliefs. So there can be those added layers as well. Um, You know, particularly around religion, I think there's often that dichotomy of like the pure, um, you know, virginal image versus the, okay, the woman who does have sex is the whore, right? There can, there can mm. often be that mm-hmm. kind of language presented in, in different ways, in different religions. And that can trickle down in the way that, you know, we talk to girls, right? Of just, I mean, starting as young as elementary school, right? Of like, what are they wearing, right? Oh, those shorts are too short. You shouldn't go out in the house in that. You should, you know, what is the underlying message there, right? Yeah. That you're inherently sexual and that's bad but you better cover it up and you better you know not actually explore or experience that right so it's often those early messages are kind of messages of suppression mm-hmm. and i think those that can send the message to women there's something wrong with their sexuality when it's just totally natural normal when you go through puberty most people start to have interest in sex and wanting to explore pleasure, whether that's on their own or with a partner and trying to make sense of, okay, I'm hearing these messages. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this, but then I'm feeling this way in my body. It's very confusing to put it all together. Yeah. 
Yeah, as you were talking, I was thinking about how the there have been a lot of movements. I thought of the Me Too movement and a lot of things in the media that have allowed us or kind of invited a more open communication around mm -hmm. sex and healthy sexual expression and unhealthy sexual expression or unhealthy sexual experiences. So um, really thinking about the that like you said are developing that community and i think that was the the, the me too movement was something mm -hmm. that was so instrumental in developing ab absolutely mm -hmm. developing this mm -hmm. awareness for community and connection in having been like born into a culture that is mm -hmm. that can be oppressive and and shaming of sex in general mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that, that shame and secrecy can create a culture where, you know, things like sexual assault can happen. Right. Yeah. So that's a whole other topic for another podcast, but, <laughs> but to, to say like in its extreme forms, you know, this kind of secrecy becomes extremely toxic and abusive. So we want to start steering things towards that side of empowerment. Can we shed light on sexuality and what healthy sexuality and communicating? These are my boundaries. These are my desires where that is the norm. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. That has a really important trickle down yeah. effect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we, one of our pro, our newest programs here is called the fun love program. We, mm -hmm. we um, have a workshop series that we talk about how to really make your love fun um, mm -hmm. and healthy. Um, and it's really important in that to recognize the importance of boundaries. So you and I have, have said the word boundaries a few times mm -hmm. today. Uh -huh. um, and I think it's just really yep. helpful to sometimes outline what does what does a boundary mean to you how would you if you were just going to kind of want to explain a boundary in as mm -hmm. real life terms as it can be how would you do that mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think about boundaries as like I think it was like the image of a box of like okay this is like the box that I am comfortable working within mm -hmm. <laughs> right if we're talking about sex like this these are the things I would enjoy doing I'm open to doing I'm willing and excited and wanting to do and the things outside of it, those are my boundaries, right? I, I am not okay with, I don't know, just as an example, like spanking, right? I'm not okay with that in the bedroom. That's a boundary for me, right? So that doesn't mean spanking is necessarily bad or someone else enjoys that and everyone's consenting. Great. Enjoy and explore that. But for that individual person, oh, that's a boundary for me. I'm not comfortable with that. So that's something I'm going to communicate to my partner. That's a sexual behavior that's outside of that box for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think about boundaries as like, these are my limits. They're important to communicate to the other person. Um, and they have their own boundaries that are going to be different from mine. And so we need to find a way to respect each other's boundaries and look for, oh, all right, where, where do our boxes overlap? I love that. So, yeah. so that we can have that fun together. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That is the important part of it is like, whenever we're thinking about, we would love fun to just, you know, we think of fun as we, we laugh and we're excited and we're, um, just enjoying our moments. And, um, a lot of times it, it, the, 
the way, the reason that we can have fun is because there are boundaries that have been set. There are rules that have been set and um, kind of a, the way I, I describe it sometimes is, you know, we have rules for safety. Mm. Um, we know that when the light is red, we are stopping at the intersection mm. and we are trusting that mm -hmm. other people know the, know the rules and are following them too, or something mm -hmm. bad can happen. Mm -hmm. And then when, when we are agreeing on those rules, um, we, then it can be fun that, because mm -hmm. there's not a fear, there's trust and there's safety there. And the fear is not there that something's going to happen. That's not going to be safe. So absolutely mm -hmm. it, in, in all aspects of life in, in relationships and communication in relationships and how to take care of yourself and your partner in relationships and absolutely, um, an important part of of when we think about sexual health in relationships, boundaries can be so important, are so important, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, and I think sometimes people think, oh, boundaries, that means it's like, things are rigid and they can't be fun, but I, I feel like there's actually freedom in yes. boundaries because we both know within this box, within this space, we can move freely and explore and play. Mm -hmm. And that creates a lot more room than, oh, I'm not sure. And is this okay? Is this not okay? That can, that can stifle us more. So having clear communication about the limits can create more freedom and fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and also recognizing that you and I are obviously we're comfortable with talking. We went mm -hmm. into that profession of mm -hmm. being able to have verbal conversation, but recognizing there are other ways if that's not mm -hmm. the most comfortable way to communicate for you it's it's important to find the ways that do work for you rather than not communicating at all and you're shaking your head so yeah tell me yeah. what you how do you help people in that way if if it's like oh it's too scary i don't want to talk about it or it's uncomfortable what are some ways that you help people navigate those those um those lines mm -hmm. yeah well you can also use your non-verbals so when you're like during a sexual interaction with your partner, right? Um, I think it's really great to like, with your sounds, with your body language, indicate you're enjoying something. <laughs> so kind of letting <laughs> them know, oh, I'm, I am into this, keep doing this, keep, keep going. Um, so that can really help increase the things you like by letting them know that. Um, and then you can also non-verbally convey like, oh, I, you know, that's a boundary. I want to change something. Um, with like a, Hey, I'm, I'm going to gently move your hand someplace else. Right. Or, Hey, I, I would really like to try this and you switch to doing something. Okay. Else. So, but moving your body into mm -hmm. yes. Using your body to set boundaries. Absolutely. Right. Right. And certainly, I mean, I'm thinking of this in the context within like a trusting long-term relationship. I think that nonverbal can be a lot more effective if it is a brand new partner you've never been with before, I think at least some verbal limits are needed because, you know, you don't know that person well enough to know, can they really read my cues and I, can I trust <laughs> they're going to pick up on them? Mm -hmm. um, so I think at least, you know, if you have some particular hard boundaries that are important with a brand new partner, figuring out a way to say them, I think is important. Um, but once you have established trust and you know, okay, this person is going to respect my boundaries, and, and they will pay attention if I'm using my non-verbals. I think that can be an excellent way if you're feeling like, ugh, it's still uncomfortable and hard to like continue those sexual conversations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think too, as 
um, it, if it doesn't happen in the moment, right, it's not comfortable to talk about in the moment, mm -hmm. to just say, do it later, right? Do, mm -hmm. do it at some point. Don't, don't avoid it forever. Um, you can come back to something. And I think that is something that I, I see in my work commonly is it's so uncomfortable that I never, you know, people will say, I don't, I don't want to ever talk about it. I don't even know how to bring it up. And I don't want to bring it up after the fact, because I don't want to start a fight or I don't want to make things uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But as we, as we've talked about the importance of communication, whether that's via text or email or writing a note or mm -hmm. talking verbally, right? There's lots of different ways to do that. Um, and it doesn't have to be specifically in the moment. It can be afterwards so that the next time there's a mm -hmm. sexual encounter, the, the, the boundaries are clearer, the rules are clearer, the I like this, I don't like this are clearer. Um, mm -hmm. And being able to do that in different ways, you know, than speaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One uh, other practice I recommend for, you know, people who are in a long-term relationship is to create uh, a jar where you're going to write down sexual things you were excited to do together. Ooh. Um, so you wouldn't necessarily have to say it out loud, right? But you I can write that on little slips of paper mm -hmm. and, and you don't even have to tell each other when you're doing it. Just when you have an idea, you put them in there um, and then you can take turns pulling them out and reading them and you can decide together. Oh, are we both up, up for this? Is this on our, I want to, or I, I will list, but it's like, you've already, you started by writing it down versus having to say it out loud. And that can open the conversation and be like, okay, it's a little less scary. It's already out there. They read it. And so now we can decide, are, are we both into this? Yes. <laughs> um, I love this idea. I I'm just, I'm, I'm like imagining it, how fun that can be fun. So fun because <laughs> it's like a game. Um, it can be a game. It can be fun. It can bring spice up a relationship when things feel maybe stale or Mm -hmm. Things need to be um, the bringing the fun back in. I love this. Oh, I'm going to use this. Um, yes, I love it. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that can be a fun thing of like, okay, we'll we'll keep adding to it whenever either of us have mm -hmm. ideas, and then like once a month we're going to pull something out, something from the sex jar, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, that can be our, our date you, night. Do you call it anything? Do you have a name for it? <laughs> I don't have a catchy name for you it. Need I got to trademark it. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, because absolutely, when um, when we're talking about relationships, depending on, like you referenced, whether it's early on in the relationship or this is a relationship that has been, um, you know, has been standing the test of time, mm -hmm. though there, there are different concerns that can come up along the way. But this is a really neat way to, a fun and healthy way to be able to say, hey, I want to try this or I would love to do this mm -hmm. and to then be able to talk about it, agree upon it or, you know, surprise. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. That's fun. Yeah. 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 So I think just coming up with different creative ways where mm -hmm. it's like, we're not ignoring sex we are communicating about it. it doesn't always have to be with our words, but we can make sure it's something that like there's a door open yeah. to find a way to share with each other what we're both excited right. about. What's the difference for you between someone who you would say, you know what, coaching would be per this program, mm -hmm. the, the sexual empowerment school coaching program is perfect mm -hmm. for you versus someone who maybe needs to, or would benefit more from a therapeutic approach. Sure. Yeah. 
Great question. Well, the first I would say, if you are experiencing any sexual pain, definitely would want you to work with a sex therapist first before you would do something like this. Um, if you're noticing yourself having like very intense anxiety around sex, like even hearing this podcast, if you're feeling like, okay, it's not just, I'm a little uncomfortable, but I'm feeling like my heart's racing, or maybe I'm going to have a panic attack kind of level feeling, um, talking about sex or approaching sex, then I would say sex therapy first. Um, and then also, I know we mentioned, you know, sexual assault, sexual trauma a bit. Um, if you have had one of those experiences and feel like it is unresolved, like you haven't had support or worked through that before, I'd recommend uh, working with a therapist first to get support. So those are the big three things. Um, and uh, a recommendation for folks, if they're looking for a therapist um, with expertise in this area, I recommend checking out asect.org. Um, and I can give you the link for that. And so that's a place to find certified sex therapists. So people who are well-trained, lots of experience in these areas. So, you know, you're getting the right kind of support. Yes. Thank um, you. Can you spell that? I will definitely link that in the show notes, but just for people who may be listening and um, driving or whatever, can you just spell that website, please? A-A-S-E-C-T. So Great. that's the American Association of Sex Educators and um therapists. Great. So that's a great place to find that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Other than those, those three things, um, I would say, you know, those would be the only reasons I would say start with therapy first and otherwise, um, you know, so many women can benefit from getting this education information and support, um, and that a lot of great change can happen, um, with coaching and education and that it doesn't have to be therapy for everyone. Like we we're saying at the beginning, like there can be so much that can happen outside of the therapy room. Yeah. And I think too, I, um, one of my favorite resources is the book. And we talked about this, um, when we first talked about this podcast is come as you are the book by Emily Nagoski is an amazing, amazing resource that mm -hmm. I use often in my work with clients, um, who, who have any kind of sexual concerns and we going to go through the book together. It's a really helpful resource resource that also comes from, a, it actually incorporates health and wellness all around mm -hmm. and, and specifically also addresses mental health and also trauma and assault and how to make sure that you're attending to all of those potential, those life experiences that can potentially um, contribute to these concerns that we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that book. I recommend it. I feel like every single day. So yeah. <laughs> I would say every listener, if you're curious about these topics, that's a great book and a great first place to start. Absolutely. I think that is wonderful that you just said that it is a really, really great place to start. So mm -hmm. if you're feeling uncomfortable or you're just really curious about the things that we've been talking about today, it's a great book. Um, I, I highly recommend it. I, I have it in print. I have the workbook. I have have it on audible okay. um so it comes in all different forms and it and she recently um released a kind of a, a revised version with some new research so great absolutely check that out come as you are by emily nagoski a super great place to start if this is something that um that feels like oh maybe there's more for me to know here about mm -hmm. this and about myself absolutely yeah so i can share just a couple 
last tips, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, you know, maybe I am, you know, still dealing with some negative feelings about sex or some shame about sex, and I'm not quite sure what to do, where to get started. Um, my first tip would be to really just start practicing noticing when you're having those thoughts. Like if you're noticing, you know, some sort of thought of like, oh, like sex is wrong or bad or dirty, or I should suppress this kind of feeling, just practice like, okay, that's, that's a thought that I can notice. Mm. And I can see if I can notice it like a cloud passing by in the sky. Right. Like it's just because of the thought that you had doesn't mean it's true or that you have to believe it. And so to get a little bit more space from those thoughts first, and just to begin to like monitor, like, okay, how, how often am I having these kinds of thoughts? Like, wow, I'm having to notice them like almost every day. They're pretty frequent. Like, or is it once in a while, just to begin to kind of get a sense of how much of these negative beliefs you're carrying. And then to create some distance that you don't always have to believe that they're true. Um, and so a really helpful skill for practicing that, like what I just described, I know it sounds easy, but it's very, very hard to do because we so like think quickly and move quickly in our everyday lives. Um, but it's to practice mindfulness can be a really useful skill to help cultivate that to notice and observe our thoughts. Um, so I do have some resources on my website. If you um, go to sexualempowermentschool.com um, and look for mindfulness series, um, that's a series that helps you develop those skills specific to noticing um, any sex negative thoughts. And then also has some practices to help you begin to cultivate some more sex positive um, ways of thinking. So that's my first big tip. And then my second is to really surround yourself with other messages, surround yourself with people who are more sex positive that, you know, like we're saying in general, society sends us a lot of negativity. So make sure you're creating space for more positivity around you. So like just listening to this podcast, I think is a great step towards that, right? You're listening to two women talk about sex in a positive way. So check out like, what are you doing on your social media? Like what messages hmm. are you getting from that? Like making sure you're being thoughtful about following some people with a more sex positive perspective notice your friends and the people you're surrounding yourself with how do they talk about sex do they not talk about it at all does it seem shameful and quiet do they talk about it in a way that that feels you know negative and like it's bad or can they talk about it openly like it's just another part of life and oh i'm talking about my you know relationship and my marriage and oh yeah i happen to mention sex as if it's it's no big deal right those are kind of signs that someone is more sex positive more comfortable with these things so making sure you're looking out for those friendships and cultivating them and spending more time with those folks can help you start to unlearn some of the negative stuff that's like oh wait a minute there is another perspective out there so i think you know just being mindful of what you are absorbing out there so those are my my two first tips for people. I love that. It's so important. I love these tips that you gave us um, to notice, notice the thoughts. We talked about really noticing all the different things that come up, but our thoughts can really be heavy and really can um, contribute to just 
discomfort in all different aspects, right? Like that, that pain or the discomfort in our bodies and our emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be able to practice mindfulness, I loved that, that image of just kind of seeing your thought, noticing it, and then just letting it go for now. Right. Cause it'll come back. (laughs) It's going to come back. (laughs) And the, but the more that we practice that kind of activity of really noticing it, but not judging it and not putting too much weight on it, Mm-hmm. then it's easier to let it go and just come back to the present moment and be really in tune with what's going on. And I just love, love, love that second tip of um, noticing what you're surrounding yourself with, right? So mm-hmm. if it, it can be just such an amazing shift and a tiny one at that mm-hmm. of starting to really be intentional about the things that you are consuming, whether it's social media um, you know, all the different things. There's so many different things that come at us um, throughout our day. And to be intentional to surround yourself with people who are positive and people who are uplifting and empowering um, and messages as well, messages as well. So being smart in your consumerism. Yeah. To yeah. really notice how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to what makes you feel good about your sexuality, your body what makes you feel shame or discomfort right? and, and listen to those feelings. Mm-hmm. Tell us where we can find you actually, before we get to our, this or that, tell us where we can find you online, on social media. How do we get in touch with you? Sure. The best place to find me is my website, sexualempowermentschool.com. And if you're, you're ready to begin to explore and figure out what might be getting your way of more pleasure, I have a free quiz there. That's the great place to start. Ooh, I love that. Um, it helps you identify what's blocking you from experiencing more pleasure and then gives you a tip and resource tailored to you to help you get started on your journey. So I think that's the best place. Yes. Um, and we love that. quizzes. Quizzes are fun. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a fun, uh, you know, few minutes and, you know, you get some great resources at the end. So that's, I'd say the best place to find me and the best way to get started. Um, also on Instagram and TikTok at sexual empowerment school. If you want to see my cheesy videos and attempts to dance and uh, <laughs> use silly audio. So if you want a good laugh with some education, check those out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Okay. So that is sexualempowermentschool.com and on Instagram, sexual empowerment school. And that is with Dr. Lindsay Brooks. Thank you, Lindsay. All right. So getting to our this or that, um, dun, 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 number one, this or that, tell us what you choose and a little bit, a little reason why okay. VH1 or MTV. VH1. (laughs) Because back in the day when I would watch those, they would have more um, of the like classic old uh, videos and music. So for me, that was when I was growing up in the 90s, I loved music from the 60s and 70s. And so they would show more of that kind of stuff, which I loved. So like, I was always waiting for the Beatles documentary to come. Oh, did you see the the newest? The (laughs) I did. Yeah. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. Um, yes. I, and it's funny when, when even the, the question VH1 or MTV people in our yeah. people in, in the generation now, probably don't even know. They don't know what that is. <laughs> what we're, talking about. we're showing our age. Yeah. Um, okay. Number two, um, taming the tresses below dry or air dry. Air dry for sure. <laughs> 
I I'm a curl naturally curly girl, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm bel- big believer in letting them out. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, you have a lovely beachy wave. Okay, last one, um, number three, this or that, vacation or staycation. Mm. I love them both, but if I had to pick, I'd say vacation. I like to explore a new place and have a new experience. Okay. Um, but I also find staycations very rejuvenating. So I advocate for both. <laughs> what would be your dream vacation? Your dream mm. vacation. Mm. Beach is my dream vacation. So I would say Hawaii. Oh, me too. I love Hawaii. Yay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I had a blast reconnecting with you. Um, thank you listeners for sticking around and listening to this really important conversation. I invite you to reach out to Lindsay or to me. If you have questions about this, you want to, you know, something came up for you. You can find us both on Instagram and at our website. I am mine is drliz.com and Lindsay again is at sexualempowermentschool.com. We would love to answer any questions that you might have or reactions that you might have to this to this topic, to this very important um, talk, that we, conversation that we have had today. We invite you to share this episode with someone who you think may benefit from it. Um, and as always, I would love if you have a few extra minutes that if you could give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you are listening to. And if you have an extra couple of seconds, if you could review it, we'd love to hear um, just what you like, what you would like to see um, us talk about in the future, because that is the point of this podcast is to be empowering, being inspiring, to help you feel well, body, mind, heart, soul, and spirit, and to really deliver meaningful tips and strategies in in everyday language. So thank you, thank you so much for listening. Again, thank you, Lindsay. Thank you for joining me. And um, I look forward to reconnecting with you in the future. Thanks so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Thank you again for listening. I cannot wait to connect with you at the next episode. Take care. Thank you for connecting on this episode of the podcast, Empowered by Design. For further connection, subscribe to my email list at drliz.com to be sure that you are in the loop for exciting news, events, and resources. You can also follow me on social media at drliz and at Visionistas by Design. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and send this episode to one of your people in order to share the love, spread the power. This podcast is designed to inspire, educate, and empower you to pursue your dreams with intentional vision. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for psychological treatment or a working relationship with a licensed mental health professional. For more information on connecting with mental health resources in your area, visit drliz.com and click on resources. Thank you again for connecting and remember, trust the heart, work your vision, dream, design, deliver.